0: Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. So, Paul, do you believe there's any hope that reason and understanding will prevail? (laughs) Not on this show. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) What are you thinking? (laughs) No way. I was actually talking about the wine world. Uh, probably not Well, well, I ran across a nice piece by a writer and a friend named Fred Swan He runs a site, uh, he's a good guy yeah, He runs a site guy. called NorCal Wine uh, And he posted a story he called, Why Can't We All Just Drink Along? Which is cute That was music to your ears It was And he said the idea of fitting wines into categories of right and wrong is just bad for the industry And for folks who just want a glass of wine
1: And he's right and he's not wrong. And that's something we've said many times on this show. And Fred just
0: goes to show that he's a nice guy and a smart guy. And it's not completely hopeless out there. That's right. So, all right. Well, we're going to go through that a little bit with what Fred had to say. And also today, uh, listeners ask about box wines, spitting etiquette at wine festivals. Excellent. And whether wine bottles can use less glass. Plus, Uh our horrible wine writing swears is unique. <laughs> we don't know why, and as usual, we will be making fun of wine thoughts. Yes, we will. Unfortunately, they are not unique. And as usual, we are still still here on Capitol Public Radio's podcast lineup. Yes, how does that happen? Yes. Well? I actually
1: saw someone walk by; they sort of averted their eyes they as don't they walked by. This nobody studio.
0: wants to acknowledge us. They, the people they, in the hallways—it's really kind of frightening. <laughs> it's, it's as
1: a, if we we're invisible. I
0: think I think they think we're dead.
1: And <laughs> They may think we're the cleaning crew. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we are also on Napa Broadcasting. Yes, Napa Valley College, uh, the institution of higher learning, number one community college in California. Where Paul teaches. And yet they
0: put us on the air. And you know, the funny thing, I've been in your classes and, you know, when you teach, the students avert their eyes. <laughs> 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 just, just saying. All right. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is Rick and Paul. Why? Go there, ask us a question. We will give you a well we'd like to think of it as a full-thoughted, full-thought, full-throated, <laughs> thought-out, articulate uh, jumbled <laughs> we will give it an answer just like that. <laughs> that that is what our answers sound like so why wouldn't you ask us a question all right so uh, to
1: get us started here i have a short story um i'm hoping that it's really entertaining and relatively short
0: um well the second part is true okay superheroes uh, uh don't you wish? Uh, well, actually, sort of. Uh, well, no, not at all. No, okay, good. <laughs> all right. So I was uh, I was in the group. They brought up about twenty people to "quote unquote" jury wines for uh, one of my favorite festivals, which is the Amador Four Fires Festival. Oh, yeah. I I've been May. there and it was, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I had lots of good stuff. And, and what they did was they wanted to make sure that the wines that they were serving were were not bad. Well, we going to be good wines. Yeah, th- yeah, it wasn't. It was really more asking us just to find the bad stuff than to say this is the awesomest stuff. Right. Right. But they did ask for for the really good, and I got to tell you, there's some some surprises. There was uh, for mm-hmm. somebody going mm-hmm. to the foothills. There's there was a range of vermentinos, which is an Italian I've, white. I've had some very good
1: vermentinos yeah. from up there,
0: uh, and one of them, a uh, sparkling one, was delicious. So that, mm-hmm. anyway, and I thought the the zins were absolutely spot on for their audience. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. they were rich, a little bit of oak, but generally well balanced and lively. Mm-hmm. And gave, shortly, I, basically, I liked them, and and I was also guessing the crowds would like them. good. Yeah, and it well, turns I mean, out, Foothills Ends. Yep. Yeah. It turns out I was right, because uh, at that festival, I went over to the you're, section you're, that had them.
1: You're telling this story because you were right, and it's a rare occasion in your life?
0: Um, well— that's a side benefit because it is, <laughs> it is extraordinarily rare. Um, but there is a point to this, which was, okay. you know, I watched people uh, at the section and I tasted them myself there again, and they were good, and people loved them. But here's the point. On the day of the jurying, they asked if anybody had any comments to pass along to the winemakers. Uh-huh. good. So two people Fine. in particular, and one of them said something along the lines of someone should talk to them about their use of oak. It's way over the top. They need to know. And there was, you know, one or two murmurs of, oh, yeah. Because who's going who's
1: gonna to argue with that? Yep. You'd have to really be opinionated right. to knowing. So, well,
0: I respectfully disagreed. Of course you did. Maybe without respectfully. I basically said, who are we to tell them how to run their wine? They're, they're in business. These people are popular. Their wines are popular. They're trying to stay alive. You know, have you ever tried to make a wine? Leave them alone. Yeah, and yeah. That went this, over big. Basically, oh, no, the wines are all wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. so that's the point this you know? is the story that
1: Bob Junqueiro ta- tells about White Zinfandel was that everyone in the Napa Valley for the last 40 years has been telling him how wrong it is and he says you know I'm making 5-10 million cases of this stuff a year and people are loving it how wrong can it be yes
0: He one of the larger wine companies in the world and that's that's the single reason yeah Yeah. he would not have been able to do that without that wine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and the point being
0: people love it yes and Many
1: of his winemaking colleagues tell him he's all wrong to make that one. Yes. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. Yep, exactly right. Good. So this gets to the good bit of writing from our friend, Fred, our friend Fred, our friend Fred. Yeah. Uh, and uh, well his the head was, can't we all just drink along? And he talked about the damage all this dogmatic belief in right and wrong wines kind of does. Well, I just want to
1: say that I think he's absolutely dead wrong about everything. Right?
0: <laughs> That's, and I think you're wrong to say that. <laughs> all right. So, so he one of the things he did was he pulled some lines off of Facebook that were, you know, were. Exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, one was he was a restaurant. They called this a wine list, and Fred says, Seen me a pretty good realist. Yeah. Um, well, you know,
1: le- this is this goes back to my classes. There's always one person, and it's always a guy, who always asks that question, and he doesn't really want to know the answer to the question. He just wants you to know he's smart he's enough smart, yeah. to ask the question, and that's what all these people are doing. They're just showing off instead of trying to make any attempt to communicate Or, for that matter, make the world a better place, like you and I do, Rick. Exactly,
0: Rick. We make the world better, Paul. (laughs) We make it safe to drink whatever you'd like. (laughs) So, a couple of the other comments were things like that's not even wine. Are there even grapes in that wine? Oh, my God. Did they make that in a tank or a petri dish? Huh. And Fred and the Fred said the irony here is they were all attacking really different kinds of wine. Oh yeah, of course. So yeah, like some of these people were in
1: complete disagreement with each other. Everybody had their own right. their own favorite target wine that they were going to go after because that showed how smart they were. Exactly right.
0: Yeah. And he kind of laid out the, some of the differences and I, and I think this is really good. So I'm gonna, I'm going to read this. He said there were okay. traditionalists, there are those dubbed hipsters, there are passionate natural wine adherents, there are devotees of organic and or biodynamic growing, but not necessarily natural. There are people who like consistency from large commercial wineries who follow recipes and people who hate large commercial wineries who follow recipes. There are people who who detest fruity, mouth-filling wines and those who drink those and find others thin and shrill. And he goes on to say that in the industry, uh, people and consumers who believe anything they like is good wine and everything else is wrong. And Fred is absolutely
1: spot on. Spot on. He is correct. Yep. We should get him on the show and have him tell people this. Yeah. Of course, we don't have to. We just did. We just did. But we'll, yeah.
0: we'll do it again for you, Fred. That's right. Uh, so, And he other had the line is, getting jostled around in the middle are consumers who just like a glass of something tasty, but are afraid they'll get stank eye if they ask for the, quote, <laughs> wrong wine. He's dead uh, right.
1: Absolutely great, Fred.
0: And it is the thing we talk about all the time, that there's yep. like all the things you can do wrong with wine. And, right, you know, and the, the Psalms roll you know, their eyes when you order. Rick something.
1: Rick goes into a restaurant and asks them if, if they have any open bottles that have been rejected by other customers. Well,
0: actually, they they roll their <laughs> eyes as soon as they walk in.
1: So yeah, it's really not but, about what I'm. But you say. still ask yeah. them if they've got any open bottles you you rejected by other customers. You cu-
0: never know there you might they- be some extra. <laughs> Who knows? Trying to get rid of stuff. <laughs> so.
1: Uh, that's yeah. our so that's our answer to how to handle the complicated wine list yeah walk into the restaurant and say do you have any wines that other customers have been rejecting tonight yeah. uh, yes happy to give those a taste
0: yeah you know, and you know he said he he knows people that are so you know feel so uncomfortable about just even ordering wine that they ask questions to so they won't inadvertently offend their server right you know because if their job in the restaurant right. was to make the server right. happy when in fact we
1: both know that the Actually, goes the other way around. The server's job is to make that
0: customer happy. I've heard that. I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> I don't know that it's it uh, a lot, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, and then Fred, as Fred points out, you know, who's going to know everything? There's just so much out there. And he said, right. "Here's here's him describing some poor person trying to make a choice from the yeah. wine person saying." So how about a Fiano, sir? Would you like that from Sonoma County, South Australia, or perhaps Campania? South Australia? <laughs> another great choice, sir. Would you prefer Adelaide Hills, Barossa Valley, or McLaren Vale? And would you like that with or without skin contact? And, right, how are you supposed to know? Just He's help just the poor person. just supposed to grab the right. sommelier
1: by the neck and say, give me the goddamn wine.
0: <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs>
1: That's what you uh, do. <laughs> and
0: the point is that people shouldn't have to know any of that.
1: Right. Right. They should just be able to have fun with wine. And the server's job is to say, I'm going to bring you something you're going to really love and be right. And in order to do that, the server has to shut up and listen to what the customer likes instead of giving the customer this long menu of meaningless choices to the customer.
0: Right. And there is simply no wrong answer. If the customer wants it, the customer's right. That's right. And Fred said, you know, all of this is enough to drive someone to drink There you go. And you've
1: been there for some time already, uh, right?
0: Well, not the tequila part, but I'll get to that. <laughs> not the to drink. Together. Okay. Well, before uh, we drive anyone to drink, we better answer some questions. Okay. So, and if you'd like to ask us a question, uh, there's a place to go. That's our website, RickandPaulWine.com, or f- find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at RickandPaulWine. Rick All right. This one is from Willis in Placer Foothills. Yes, he says I was at, well. I Actually, know we, we already mentioned this. I know what he was talking about. I was at a wine festival recently, and by the middle of the day, it was pretty crowded. Yep. Everyone was being nice, uh, and it was hard to get to the spit bucket. What's the etiquette if you're trying to spit at an event like this? By the way, I saw Rick there at one point, and he didn't spill once when I saw him. Well, yeah, but, but I guess he didn't
1: see you spit yeah. either.
0: No, I was spitting.
1: Were you? Okay. Actually, I'll tell you what I do. Yeah,
0: well, at an outdoor festival, yeah, is I kind of go around the corner and spit on the it's grass. Spit on the ground, yeah, of course, yeah, but not That's on somebody's shoe, does. by the way. Uh, well, <laughs> don't do it unless on the shoe. it's Rick. Yes, if you see Rick. Um. Most people make them dance. Most people don't even bother. They don't even lower to the shoe. Just <laughs> make them for, dance. Go for shirt, you know, <laughs> the shirt. Um, well, but you know that is actually is a little difficult because in, and and this this was the Four Fires Festival that I'm, I'm guessing that Willis saw me at right. um, since he's from Placerville. Although there have been to others, and um it was uh it was crowded in the middle of the rows, and right. you know it really is a little difficult. You know, right. And so. so you know,
1: little tip for me because I used to – I have for 30 years organized wine tastings. Little secret is put the spit buckets on separate tables away from the wine. Yeah. That That's way – That's a good idea actually. Because otherwise you got the guy who wants to talk to the winemaker and he stands there and he talks and he talks and he talks and he tastes and he talks and he tastes and he talks and nobody else can get to the table.
0: Right. And you but if you put can't the get spit to bucket the, yeah.
1: eight feet away on another table – they pour the wine. They talk a little bit. And he says, "I'll be right back." He goes to spit and dump his glass. Then he comes back. In the meantime, somebody else has had a chance to get in there and talk to the winemaker. Yeah.
0: So, and, and that's more—that's uh, actually really good advice for organizers. This, it, the way this was set up, it would have been a little difficult in some cases, but but workable. In others might have worked. Yeah. So, um, but but your answer is outdoors is is you got the grass indoors. Yes. it's A little more difficult, and the answer is sort of is. Honestly, if you can is plot your plot your course before you, you get that sip. Well, I have another plan,
1: which is go over to the water station and grab one of those plastic well, cups that you're the serving cups. water yeah. in. Or or bring a coffee cup in. And just spit into the coffee yeah. cup, and yeah. when I'll, it's often,
0: a lot of the big ones do have the cups, and that's always so much easier. When it's yeah. two thirds full, you can either go to the spit bucket and dump it, or just hand it to Rick. Yes. You can also use somebody else's spit bucket. So the thing is if, if you taste that's the wine, at one guy is don't don't put it in your mouth till you're near another spit bucket.
1: Right, or yeah, if the other spit bucket is nearby, just lean over to the other guy's table and said. Spit it out, and then look up and say, "I hated that one." <laughs> guy will be very happy. Yeah.
0: That'll work. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's—it's a good question, and yeah, it just kind of be careful and, and you know, or, or yeah, but if you're outdoors, well, it is no question at all. Just
1: spit on the grass. Yeah,
0: yeah, and also if there's a guy with white pants, go
1: for him. Yeah, go, go
0: uh, for him because he—he should know better. Right? <laughs> <All right. laughs> this is from Heidi and Sebastian. She had a wine from winery name removed so we don't get sued, and the bottle was really light. Good. Even with the wine in it, it was almost lighter than an empty Pinot bottle we had. Yep. Um, is there some reason more wines don't use lighter bottles or thinner glass? And does it make a difference to the wine? So the answer
1: to the second question is it doesn't really make a difference to the
0: wine. Especially if the glass is tinted.
1: Yeah. But... Um We go back to our story about, you know, wine descriptions and why people buy wines. And people have a tendency to think that a wine that comes in a heavier bottle must be more expensive because it feels heavy. This is important. But in fact, if I were in the business of making an organic or biodynamic wine, I would be choosing the lightest possible bottles because if your goal is to be kind to the earth, lighter bottles, thinner glass is a much better way to save energy for shipping and everything else,
0: and there is a small movement in this direction, but only a small movement, and yeah. and and the uh, it's in not some big places, enough, yeah, 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 not big enough. You know, there are there's um, all kinds of alternative packaging um, that's out there. Some of it much yep. more eco friendly. Yeah. I've actually
1: seen wine in plastic bottles, which yep. unfortunately no consumer wants to buy, but they're extremely light. Um, and, then, and
0: and recyclable if you pay and attention and recyclable
1: yeah. and and
0: almost indestructible. You yeah. can drop them on the ground and they won't break. Well, that's the downside too that they could be indestructible if you don't recycle them. So if you yeah. get it, recycle it. Yep. Um, but the but the fundamental answer is um, it's a marketing thing. It's a marketing thing. And um, and, and speak it up. Does not affect the wine.
1: Yep. Tell people you like the lighter yep. bottles and tell yep. your friends to buy but wines in lighter yeah. bottles.
0: Yeah. You know if you're at a tasting room and the uh, have a really heavy bottle and you go wow, that's a really heavy bottle. You know...
1: What a waste of glass and energy.
0: Is, you know, our, our Earth is burning, and you...
1: And no, you're putting wine nice, in bottles that weigh ni- two pounds. Be nice about it. But
0: feel free, to be, feel free to be insistent. Yeah. Ask yourself, what would Rick and Paul do, and then do the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I'd say it's for questions for now. Uh, but, you know, when we're done with questions in this part of the show, it means something's coming. It's our
1: wacky wine writing. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I'm not sure wacky uh, is uh, a good enough term for the wine writing. I think uh, horrible is probably... Terminally wacky. Terminally wacky. Okay. All right. What do you got, Paul? The Rossizi clusters
1: are small and compact, and the wine is unique. It's moderately aromatic, with scents of white flowers and mineral and sapid on the palate with a moderate finish.
0: Okay. so, So, other than the word sapid... Moderate. Yes. I don't know what makes it unique.
1: Well, it's moderate.
0: Oh, and it's sappy. <laughs> sappy, by the way, uh, we we have run into this word now and then. Uh, yeah, and it would somebody use it means strong or flavorful.
1: strongly, although uh, years ago it was a it was a
0: really big deal in Italy
1: that everybody was trying to make wines with great sapidity. You and know, I kept hearing him say that and thinking, you know, Rick would be good at this. He's good at making wines with stupidity. Well, actually, I'm but, I, get,
0: I get more sapidity, but it's more like sapidity as in. <laughs> <laughs> or sapishness i think of stupidity yeah, but you know, well i get that one too but, but uh, yes the uh,
1: so I, it's mo- small and compact the clusters uh, clusters so this is this is the grape and then the the bunch of grapes moderately then, aromatic with sense of white flowers again could be ones? any kind of flowers on the planet and mineral which again has no definition sapid on the palate with a moderate finish. This sounds like moderate, moderate, general descriptor, general descriptor, moderate. Let's call it the moderate general descriptor wine. Well, that's unique.
0: All right. Uh, (laughs) So, and this one is, this is just so typical. This is... This is the one that it's what it's why people hate tasting. notes, it's and it's just it okay. sounds like many many and it sounds like many many wines. There's no real help, just like the first one. Yeah, which is medium to dark garnet in the glass. Once again, we got that thing. There going you go. On, That's right? an unusual descriptor. Yeah. Uh, With a hint of brick beginning to show, the wine smells of cassis, truffles, and pencil shavings. Truffles. I like truffles. In the mouth, bright cherry fruit with notes of cedar, pencil shaving, and tight muscular tans wrapped around the core of fruit. Citrus notes linger on the finish with dried herbs, aged in 40% new oak, with the balance being split between first and second use barrels, blah, blah, blah. Unfiltered blend caps. So this is... uh, There's one thing I'm confused about. Have you
1: ever had a Cabernet with citrus notes in it? That's a good question.
0: Uh, yeah, I, there was that one that he squeezed a lime in. It's like you, when you get the glass of cab, they put Rick, it on the on the Rick, rim. It's when just,
1: they serve you a glass of cab with the lime on the rim, yes. you probably shouldn't be buying that one. I,
0: th- I thought it was a party.
1: <laughs>
0: um, no, hmm. I'll be a little more careful. Yeah. Uh, but this is, you know, the problem is these are just all the flavors everybody lists. You know, and can you answer and, a
1: question for me, Rick? What, is, what wood do they make pencils out of?
0: Uh, The good. pencils. Uh, It's pencil wood, don't you? (laughs) Come
1: on. They make pencils out of cedar. Yes. And this wine, as he says, with notes of cedar and pencil shavings. Yes. Because. He's confirming. Pencil (laughs) shavings are exactly made out of cedar. Yes. So and there you go.
0: Also, you know, I, I worry about the fruit because it's apparently there's some tight muscular... Muscular cannons wrapped, wrapped it. around it. Like choking ooh, ooh, it to death. Help me, help me. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's like a, the snake thing going on there. But huh. well, this is it. So these are two, you know, overwritten, completely useless... You have no idea whether you want to buy these wines, you know, and there well, you go. Well, and the,
1: the, the sad part is, other than in the first one, the one I read... Um, Unique is really the only word in there that makes you think the guy actually likes the wine. And in the second one, Except there is— he
0: apparently misuses it. <laughs> yes, and,
1: yeah, exactly. And then the second one, there is nothing that says whether or not the person actually likes the wine.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. Well, he does say it's age 40% in New York with the balance being split between first and second use barrels.
0: Well, that actually, actually, is the first. They obviously that tells you. No, but no, what I always <laughs> like about that is if they think that the oak treatment matters, then you should give them the whole oak treatment. It says forty percent new, but what? What are the other sixty percent? Well,
1: and, and at what least kind they of, told you if, 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 they, if it they shouldn't be in there. But if at least if they, they told really you. want you to know. Why don't they tell you what kind of oak? It doesn't say. Oak. It, doesn't say it doesn't say. It just says oak. That's true. That's true. So what, what we're saying is Could the thing that we shavings. don't want
0: him to put in. He did it badly. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking, okay. speaking of doing it badly, let's do it badly. We're going to answer some more questions. Good. This one is from uh, Elena in Santa Monica. Yes. She says, we were at a winemaker dinner for a winery name removed so you don't get sued. And the winemaker said, it's very important for wineries to make wines with different grapes than the, other than the popular ones. Uh-huh. He said, if we want to get new people to drink wine, we have to give them different grapes, not Cab, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and the others. We were all nodding and everything, but I started thinking, if those wines are the wines that are popular, (laughs) it means people like them. And if other people haven't tried much wine, doesn't it make more sense to first show them wines we already know other people like? Am I missing something? Elena,
1: you are just so absolutely spot (laughs) on. I can't believe it. Yep. That is exactly it. Now, now there is some sort of truth in what he's saying, but it's not for the reasons he says. Um, you know, because when he talks about making other kinds of wines, he's talking about making weird, strange varietals that nobody's ever heard of. Right, But he's not talking, for example, of a winery, I'll bet his winery, making Cab Chardonnay Pinot Noir, and then I'll bet he doesn't make... A sweet, light, fruity, frizzy right. Moscato, right? Which the, would be a really different kind of wine for and people new to people. wine. No, right. he's going to make some equally weird, bizarre combination of right. Petit Verdot and Fiano that are co-fermented in Hungarian cedar barrels, and yeah. you know and we, thats we talk- why people aren't drinking wine is they can't get that.
0: Right. We talked about this earlier this year. Remember, there was the 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 the. The annual hysterical report that younger people and millennials were not drinking enough wine. Right. And so all these people come came in, you know, piping in on these stories with comments that, with, there's how we get them to drink wine. And right. It was, and all of. There were di- distinctive only native Italian varietals that will get them. You know, it's like indigenous grapes. Let's That's, make it
1: more complicated yes. for people. How
0: about just make them wine, make wine fun and get out of the way? But <laughs> uh, so, but Elena, you're absolutely right. And it's why not start with the popular stuff and easy to drink stuff? And, and
1: I would say if you're going to po- start with the popular stuff, if you meet somebody who says they don't like wine, ask them what they've tried. Yeah. And they've probably tried Chardonnay, and they've probably tried Merlot and Cabernet, and they don't like them. And at that point, I would say, pour them a glass of Sweet Muscat and ask them if they like that. Yep.
0: Yep. If that doesn't work, get them a beer. Get them a beer. Yep. Uh, next one is from Susan in South Lake Tahoe. What do you guys think about box wines? It seems like they're a pretty good deal, yes? How long do they last when you open them? A long time to the last one. Well, in fact,
1: um, we like box Wines in boxes, Um, a, a really big percentage of the wine sold in Australia. And by the way, per capita consumption of wine in Australia is way higher than it is in the States.
0: Well, they're way more fun than we are.
1: They are more fun than we are, and and they emo- you know,
0: the, the kangaroos like wine. Too.
1: <laughs> no, that's our, not- our animals
0: don't like wine. When
1: they say bag in the box, they don't mean the little pouch. That the-
0: <laughs> oh, I thought they just. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no no no! no, that's, no right.
0: I think that's what they carry in those little pouches.
1: They drink a ton of wine and they drink it out of bag in the box because. You can drink a glass and no air will get in the yes, wine. Yes, we, we should bag, explain
0: that there's a, there's a large bag inside that box of wine right. that, that it
1: keeps the oxygen. And as you push the little button that lets the wine come out, instead of air going in, the back bag actually collapses. So air never gets into the wine. And air, of course, is the one thing that makes wine go bad f- way faster than anything else. Yes. So they work really well. How long will wine stay good in a bag in a box?
0: Uh, months. Um yeah I mean if you if you open a like a box white wine and put it yep. in your fridge because you want to have it cold yep. you've got And that, you, if you were to drink
1: there. a glass a day by the time the box is empty the yeah. wine would still taste the way it did Absolutely. the first day.
0: A, a glass a day?
1: Well, that's we see. There's a reason Rick buys two or three I, boxes uh, yeah, at a we, time. I go through a box a day. A box a day. It's only four bottles. And, and, in, that, <laughs> and in that case, you don't need to worry about how long it stays good. No, but it's, it's all right there. Those,
0: those, you know, those story wine questions. I just don't get those ones. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, before before. I get myself more confused. I think it's probably time to close up shop. Okay. So that is it for another round of Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Our producer is Anthony Van Hook, who came Thank back you, one more time. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, I he's a know. patient man. I don't know why you're doing it, but we appreciate it. Our associate producer is Jeremy Marin. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use and for including us on their podcast. Leonard? Recommended podcast they right
1: are. next to Terry Gross and all those important people. Terry loves us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't forget to ask us a question at Rickandpawwine.com or Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Rick and, wine. and if you learned anything today, we hope it's there's no wrong in wine unless you're a bad wine writer. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm Rick Kushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. Remember the best wines are the wines you drink with friends. Or with us. Especially us.